Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Jennifer Wilson. Hello, Jim. Hey, JJ. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, my treat. And you know, I know that life is busy and congested for you. It is for me. All of us have responsibilities. Give me a glimpse of some of the stuff at your house. How many kids I've do you have? I've got two young boys. How old are six they? Six and ten. Wow. I've got a husband and, and a uh, job and a house and a yard. And, and places to go. Yes. And you just went across state lines to visit your mom, mm-hmm. who's glad to see her daughter come yep. home. And I mean, all of us have places to go and things to do. It's real life. Yes. But as we cope with real life, sometimes we may run out of steam or we may find ourselves frustrated or or maybe sometimes real life can just sap our energy to the place that we feel hopeless. And these weeks on Viewpoint, we're talking about real life and how you can find life in the real ordinary course that we must each one take. And today we have a guest who comes from the other side of the world because life is real there too. And I'm so excited for us to just explore a little bit of the world into which he has walked. And we're so thankful to have him with us. His name is Bakerman Nongplu. Our guest today is Bakerman Nankplu. And Bakerman, you have come to join us from the other yes. side of the world, almost the exact opposite side of the globe from where we sit now in the state of Indiana in the United States. Bakerman, where is your home? Uh, my home is from Shillong, northeast part of India. Shillong. It's the capital city of an Indian state called yeah. Meghalaya. Oh, yes, that, that's right. And uh, how many people would live in Shillong? What do you think? Uh, I think uh, about seven lakhs. Seven thousand people. <laughs> That's right. A lakh in India <laughs> means one hundred thousand. I'm yeah. learning. And there you okay. go. So seven lakhs yeah. is about seven hundred thousand people. And uh, you know, I just have to say about that word lakh. Yeah. It makes so much sense because when you're doing accounting and bookkeeping, and you have all those zeros and commas yes. and yes. commas, all that okay. in India, they use this word lakh, and it kind of. Yeah. I'll have to do that with my bank yeah. account. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mine too someday. All that to say, okay. seven hundred thousand people in Shillong. Yeah. That's your home place. You've lived yeah. there your whole life. Yes, uh, for the last twenty years. 20 years? Yeah. And before that? Before that, I grew up in another town east of Meghalaya. Okay, so still in northeast India. Yeah. Yes. In the and what thing. is the language of that place? You're, you're speaking English with us, and you have a great command of the English language, but that's not something people <laughs> speak at birth <laughs> in right. Shillong. What do they speak? We speak Kasi. 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 Okay. Uh, we spell that in English K-A-S-I. No. no. K-H-A. S-I, Kasi. Ah, you've got that H in there, K-H-A-S-I. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Kasi is, uh, is a wonderful language, actually. And yes. if I were to say to you, Kublé, what does that mean? Uh, that means, uh, thank you. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Does it have some kind of theological root, too, where it kind of references uh, a blessing? Yes, uh, uh, Blé means God, and Kublé means blessing. So God's blessing. So when you actually, in your first language, say thank you, you're actually saying to the person you're acknowledging, may God bless you. Yes, it has that meaning. It's an elegant elegant, uh, language. And and the reason I know about Kublé is actually I was in Shillong not so many Uh weeks ago where I saw you there, Bakerman. Thanks for coming to the other side of the Mm -hmm. ocean to join Mm -hmm. us. And uh, Bakerman, as you have grown up in Shillong, you have life there just like we have in any place. Yeah, you have right. a family. Yes. Tell us about your family. Uh, I have three children. My eldest son, Anfan, he is 21. Daughter, Bebandia, she is 16. And Chennam, uh, he's 12. 
Wow. From 12 That's to 21. Great. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and I'm not going to ask you how old your wife is, but she is named <laughs> Biang Rimai. All right. Th- that's difficult to pronounce. Biang Rimai. <laughs> well, Kublai. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So you have a family, and you know, uh-huh. as you've been alongside your wife and you're raising these children and so on, yes. you've also, though, made some choices in your life mm-hmm. that I think would stretch most of us because you're devoted to your wife and your children, to yes. your extended family, to your home place. That's and right. yet you, you made a choice as you grew through life to separate yourself from them uh-huh. in the pursuit of an education. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, you know, for us in Meghalaya, once we answer to God's calling, that requires a lot of commitment and sacrifice uh, for, for us to serve and uh, when needed for further training, we may go wherever we can get a chance to uh, be more trained, to be more effective in the ministry. And so I'm hearing you say that you, you sensed a calling of God yes. to enter the ministry, ministry, the Christian ministry. Yes. And because that calling was so deep yeah. and, and you took it so seriously, that's you right. felt like you needed to pay mm. a price for mm. the training to be able to yes. serve well. Yeah, that's right. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what that price was. Mm, Okay. You are our life when death is all around. You are our peace when all else seems to fail. You are our strength when our weakness overcomes. You are, yes, you are.
Here at CBH today, we're so glad to have Bakerman Nongplu here with us. And Thank we you. actually met when you were a student here. That's and right. So you've been sharing about your story growing up in India, in the northeast yes. part, and, and then sensing God's calling. And out of that calling comes this yes. desire and, and um, compelling to get an education. So you come all the way That's over right. here. Yeah. Tell us about that. 18 hours, <laughs> you know, sit on a plane. Yeah. I came here in 2007 and finished my uh, doctoral studies in 2010. Uh, when I come here, I would stay uh, five to six months uh, at a time. But that five to six months would separate you from your wife and children. Yeah, you're right. You're in yeah. a foreign country. I mean, it's, it's not easy to be uprooted and, and have to manage in a yeah. language that's not your first. And, and the cultures and customs are obviously different. I mean, there had to be moments during that journey in pursuing your doctoral degree where you must have thought, what am I doing? Or was it hard? I mean, how did you cope? There was a time, uh, uh, you know, it was, uh, I felt like quitting <laughs> this mm. program. You know, especially in 2007, when I came, uh, our third child was yes. uh, still very young. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when evening comes, uh, I know they're going to, to wake up. And when, when I'm about to sleep, I know they're going to, uh, uh, to start work, mm-hmm. to, to go to school. You know, that was so hard. But, but I had to... Uh, you know, have a very strong determination to be able to stay here and finish my studies. The commitment had to run very deep. And That's as true. you're talking about the the times of day, on the oh, opposite yes. side of the world, I mean, what you're reflecting is you're going to sleep, but you know that your family is just waking up. Yeah, that's right. And alternatively, mm-hmm. as you wake up, you know they're retiring for the night yeah. and you're not there to be with yeah, them. Yeah. And yet your commitment was deep. Your mm-hmm. doctoral program led you to explore some unique history that's, that's right. native to your place. Right. Tell us a little bit about what your, your thesis contributed to the larger body of knowledge, because it really did, about Indian history. Uh, yes, uh, I took that opportunity to learn more about the leadership of uh, John Edikan and J.J.M. Nicholsroy, the pioneers of the Church of God in India, who helped start the church indigenously and then uh, later on, I knew about the Church of God here through the Gospel Trumpet. You may, you may mm. be surprised to know about that. But I, I wonder if we don't have publication now, today. The Gospel Trumpet <laughs> was a magazine published by the Church of God, which is the host of our broadcast. And even at the turn of the last century, it made its way to India. That's These right. two great men yeah. uh, found it, and they mm. helped launch the Church of God movement in India. And your That's thesis right. explored some of their contribution That's right. to that work. But also, in that discovery, you, you found that Nichols Roy also played a prominent role in Indian independence. So he was leading the That's church right. and also a voice for the independence of India, even serving on the Constitutional Assembly for yeah. the drafting of the of, Indian Constitution. That's right. That's right. Uh, he was a good friend of uh, late Jawaharlal Nehru. Uh, he was with them when they drafted the Constitution of India. Wow. Uh, after 1927, when we got our independence. And That's Nichols it. Roy actually spoke up strongly for some important ideas in that constitution, which still right. are in play today, That's one of which is the freedom for Indians to share their faith, not just That's observe right. it, but That's also right. to share it. Yeah. That's ensconced in Indian law because Nichols That's Roy true. That's true. Made, made sure that it was there. And especially for the tribal people in all over India, especially in Northeast India, 
he helped draft uh, in the constitution a special provision we call sixth schedule to, to, to protect the tribal people. And the tribals are people outside the mainstream of Indian That's ethnicities right. and sometimes feared that they might be kind of swallowed up by the That's majority. Right. And this protects right. their minority rights. And again, yeah, Nichols right. Roy was, was their champion. What a project right. that had to be so inspiring. Yeah, yeah. But your commitment to pursue this research and also to expand your horizons of knowledge came at a great cost. But I hear you say, Bakerman, that you pursued it all, separating mm-hmm. yourself from family, the cost, the emotional stretching, the, the challenges of landing in a new world, and so on and so forth. All of that was driven That's by right. your call to the ministry. That's right. God was calling you to do yeah. this. And for you, real life required that sacrifice. That's right, because uh, I, I think that for me to be able to be effective in the ministry, I need to learn more about what happened then so that I'll be able to understand how to move uh, ahead in the ministry. And when we come back, that price you've paid in real life is bearing good fruit now at an institution, actually, which is bearing the name of one of the subjects of your research, That's Nichols right. Roy. That's right. The Nichols Roy School. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to check it out. Yeah. Stay with us. In you I see a peace of God With eyes so bright, full of grace and love You remind me of the newness of open doors And of God's trueness This is how the story goes My faith grows deeper each morning Making each sunrise sweeter Faith grows stronger every day Making the flowers brighter Faith grows wider each evening Making the night sky starrier This is how the story goes
greatest of these is love And the greatest of these is love This is how the story goes This is how the story goes Bakerman Nangplu is our guest today on Viewpoint. He comes from Shillong in Meghalaya, northeast India. That's the part of India that's sandwiched between Bangladesh and Myanmar and China, up in the northeast arm of the country. And that's right. He's paid a steep price uh, to pursue his education, separated from his family for years at, uh, over a period of years. Uh, but now he's returned home to Shillong. And he is leading a school called the Nichols Roy Bible College. Bible College. What does this school do, Buckerman? In the Nichols Roy Bible College, we offer a BTH program right now where we give training to young people who felt called to ministry. A BTH would be a Bachelor's of Theology. Bachelor's of Theology. For those who are, are thinking... God is calling them to the pastoral yeah, ministry, other kinds right. of ministry. That's right. Uh, in the past 24 years, we have uh, trained a good number of uh, young people uh, who are now in pastoral ministry, who serve as missionaries and in other organizations, in various ministries of the church in India and some even outside India. Other parts of South Asia. That's right. That's and right. Uh, at the Nichols Roy School, uh, there's a new campus. Oh, Yes. And it's uh, outside the city. Tell us about where it's situated. Uh, this place is called Sorongkam. It is about 35 minutes drive from Shillong. Uh, it's a pleasant place. It's a nice place to be. It's beautiful, high it's in the beautiful. hills. Up That's in right. the mountain? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, with pine trees and then a, a gentle breeze, you will experience, uh, you know, like... What? Paradise? <laughs> oh, heavenly. Yeah. I, I was just there a few weeks ago, and it is mm-hmm. all of that and more, Bakuman. Yeah. For those who are listening today and may not be familiar with this part of the world, when you go down to the lowlands, it can be just oppressively hot and humid. That's right. But where the school is, is high, high up at the elevations, yeah. so that the temperature is always moderate. Yeah. The sky is clear and sunny, and there are pine trees. It really reminds me a bit of the Sierra Nevada. If you were, oh. if you're familiar with that part of Nevada and California in the United States, high up in the mountains, Yosemite, perhaps. That's yeah. what this is like. It's beautiful. We are about uh, six thousand feet from sea level. Yes. So, and on uh, on a clear day, you can even see the Everest uh, or what do you call it, Himalayan mountains. Wow. Yes, yes. Yes. It's spectacular from spectacular there. Spectacular view. And the school is beautifully situated on a nice property with mm-hmm. some new buildings, but still underway. Yeah, that's w- right. What, what would be the greatest need of the school right now, would you say? Right now, we are building uh, on top of the building that we already have. We call it uh, extension building. Uh, we will be used, uh, that will be used as a library, hall, uh, and for other purposes. This is one of the needs. And secondly, uh, the development of uh, library itself. We, we are still... Uh, needing some uh, 3,500 3, titles of books, not copies, but titles right. of books. Yeah. To, to have the library certified and adequate uh, yeah. for the training program. And, yeah. and, and all those things connect together because your expansion of the library is in a building that needs a roof. That's right. The building is multi-storied, yeah. and so the 
Lower floors are altogether in use and finished, but up at yes. the top, there's a lot of room to grow if it just could get that roof finished. Yeah, that's And that right. would allow the library to expand. The campus includes more than just this one building. I've seen the dining hall and their yeah, dormitories, right. and there's a beautiful new building for the faculty with yes. which they can reside as they teach there. Yeah, that's right. But boy, right now, if that roof could get on and the library could grow, that that's would right. really push the whole program forward. Yeah, because we are... Uh, planning to start the MDiv program, Master's program, Master of Divinity program next year in 2017. And these programs prepare people to change the world for Jesus' sake. That's really what's That's going right. on there. You're right, brother. Now, Bakerman, as you look back at your journey, I mean, you mm. grew up in a place uh-huh. outside Geelong, 20 years there, got married, have three children, have come to the United States for education, gone back, separated for long periods of time, now outside of the town and the high mountains. I mean, all of these <laughs> things are, are blessed but also stretching. Is there, That's right. Is there a word in the Scripture that you stand on that, that gives you life and energy when, when you're just feeling like, what am I doing and why am I doing it? Yes, uh, one verse in the Bible, in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, uh, verses 17 to 18. Uh, we have a thought there about, about uh, the calling for us to keep trusting God and to praise Him even when things are not uh, so well uh, in your real-life situation. Let me read those verses, and then you tell me how those empower you. This is Habakkuk in uh, chapter 3, verse 17. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights." The wow. prophet there, he <laughs> speaks of some hard times, doesn't he? When, when the crops aren't in, when the, when the, the cattle aren't, aren't producing, and, and it's a diff- desperate time, and yet, nevertheless, yeah. he rejoices. How yeah. does that work for you? Uh, th- that is our real-life situation in most part of India. You know, we are struggling economically, in, especially in, in a remote part of India like Northeast India where we consider ourselves to be being neglected by the central government. Uh, I don't know whether or not it's right to say that uh, uh, because the government has helped us quite a bit. But for us Christians, especially the tribals, we struggle a lot. And it is in such situations where we who know the Lord, we find comfort and strength uh, to trust in Him no matter what happens. Because even if in the moment it's difficult, you know the Lord is going to prevail yeah. and He will provide. Yeah, he's been so faithful. And he will be tomorrow as he was yesterday. That's right. And, Bachman, we are so thankful for your visit here with us today and for giving us just a little glimpse (laughs) of of the world uh, on the other side of the globe. And we want our listeners to know that wherever you are in life, even though life may be difficult and you may have challenges, you may be pursuing something that's coming at great cost and, and you just aren't sure sometimes whether you should stay the course, Remember what Bachman has uh, proved true in his own life, that no matter how things look in the moment, you can rejoice in the Lord, and the Lord will honor you as you honor him. Give your life into his hand, and he will see you through, and he will provide whatever you need along the way to do what he wants done. 
we want to invite you to take a step towards that life, that real life, with us now in prayer. Just take a deep breath and pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you know every one of us by name. Wherever we are on the planet, you know us. You also know, Lord, how difficult it can be to walk in this world, how hard real life can be, and yet you have walked with us in the person of your Son, Jesus, and have overcome in the person of your Son, Jesus. And we pray that his power, his resurrection power, his presence and his spirit will sustain us, even as that spirit sustained Habakkuk so long ago. Thank you for Bachman's testimony. We pray that our faith might be as deep and strong as well. And for all listening today, Lord, may we find encouragement in his story and in this passage from your word. We place our lives in your hands, Lord, and admit that we cannot by ourselves navigate through this world. And we trust you, Lord, to see us through. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you'd like to know more about how you can walk with God, or maybe you'd like to know how you could come alongside and help the Nichols Roy Bible School, whatever your question or your comment, your prayer request might be, we want to hear from you. And you can call us 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Just dial this toll-free number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's one 800 757 8439. We want to hear from you. We're waiting by the phone. JJ, if someone wanted to check us out online, they're not sure they want to call us up, but they do want to contact us, where would they go? Sure, you can find us on the World Wide Web at cbhviewpoint.org. You can read there about the Viewpoint Ministry. If you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see our email address and we'll be happy to respond. That's CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are viewpoint.org. At the last, if you prefer, you could just send me a letter by the Postal Service. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, go online, or use the post, let us hear from you this week. Our brother Bachman, Kublai. 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 <laughs> so glad to have you. Thank so you. good to see you anywhere. Thank you. May God bless you and the ministry. Thank, Thank you. you. And JJ, thanks for coming alongside. We'll see you next week. Thank you. And we thank you for joining us too. We hope you'll join us again next week as we bring you another real life voice about what it's like to walk through this world and to do so hopefully. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.